You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lamgoat presents the Van Flip Podcast. What is up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Van Flip Podcast, brought to you by none other than Lamb Goat. This week, we have a blast from the past on the podcast. I'm joined by Nick Brooks from the band It Dies Today from Buffalo, New York. Welcome to the show, Nick. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm looking forward to this uh, for, for quite some time now. So, yeah, uh, yeah man, I'm <laughs> glad, we, uh, glad we were able to get this going. Yeah, I want to <laughs> say this original conversation probably started years ago that we've talked, I, we've talked off and on about doing this. I think a safe estimate would be like two to three years ago. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad we able uh, we were able to to get connected here. So was it before any of the kind of like reunion stuff started happening, like talking? Because I know we had talked like around the pandemic or something like that, and then obviously nothing was going on. There were no plans. But, yeah, <laughs> but then all yeah. of a sudden you guys kind of announced the reunion thing with Furnace Fest. So yeah, so I mean we we've stayed in touch and we've been. Uh, the group chat is alive and well uh, for the last couple of years, but there had been no real plans. Um, I think randomly, maybe in like 2022, I reached out to Mike, uh, who plays guitar, and just like wanted to see like, do you want to just write some stuff for fun and like and and just kind of attack it that way uh, without any real expectations or anything like that? And we we had talked about that for a long time, uh, and nothing materialized. Then. Uh, uh, Furnace Fest reached out. <clears throat> I want to say, like, I don't know. I don't remember. But uh, regardless, so Furnace Fest reaches out and uh, made us an offer, and uh, we've always wanted to do it. I remember, like, when ETID played back, I think it was like the, the second year of the fest, in like 01 or 02, I don't mm-hmm. remember. Always wanted to go down there, always wanted to be a part of it. And then, you know, obviously they kind of resurrected. And then, uh, so. So once that came through, we kind of just we got back together and uh, started rehearsing, and we had a bunch of leftover songs and stuff from like ten years ago <clears throat> that we just never did anything with, and so we've been kind of just working on those and getting the set together for for September, and looking forward to doing that. Yeah, and I mean, you guys have recently posted some some behind the scenes footage of you guys doing some practicing and the practice space in that area uh so that's been pretty cool to look at um how did like furnace fest know to like they just like on a random whim reached out to you guys or like were you guys thinking about maybe noodling around the idea of like getting back together or was that like a catalyst kind of thing to like push you guys down that rabbit hole more one billion percent like just a catalyst <laughs> yeah, to, okay. like so we yeah we we've talked about wanting to do it obviously um there's a lot of um I don't, know. I don't want to say like nostalgia bands because there's a lot of great new bands on Nick, you can say too. nostalgia bands, bro. We're in yeah. the nostalgic age right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but like, you know, um, we weren't actively pursuing it or anything, I would say. And yeah. then um, we, I, I'm full disclosure, social media 
all that and anything like that i i i'm terrible with so mm-hmm. i think maruso our drummer was running the instagram and we got a we got a message from them saying like hey who should we talk to about booking you guys and then um chad the the guy who runs it who's the nicest dude on the planet yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. i've only met him via like zoom call but um awesome guy uh so yeah, I he's had like that in real him. life he's like that in real life for sure i believe it yeah he was uh, he was awesome so i just like i had a bunch of questions like what what is this going to entail so uh, we had a quick Zoom call the one day and hashed things out, and um, and we were able, we were lucky enough to to join the lineup this year. So, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, like all the behind the scenes stuff that people are posting, like I don't know, man, that's the, I don't know how they do that. The, there's technology out there that I don't really, I'm not able to wrap my head around. And so uh, they've been they've been working on that, but yeah, man, the furnace fest thing is super cool. We're we're looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a total vibe, you know, and I mean. Uh it's something that I didn't get to take part of when it originally happened. Cause I was, you know, youngster, like 17, 18 years old. And it was States away, unfortunately at that particular time. But I will say that being a grown adult in close to my forties going, it's probably better. It's probably a better time. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we've definitely enjoyed covering it and going there and it's just, it's a good time. Cause all the bands get together. It's kind of like, I don't know. It makes you think like old, like 20 years ago, you know, it makes you feel like that. But, um, yeah. So let's get back into like the reunion thing. Um, is it the, uh, is members are the members the same or you have like a hodgepodge of Kurt? I want to say current and old members, but obviously you haven't been current quote unquote in the last couple of years, but is it a mixture of like people that were in the band or do you have like an, you know, yeah, it's it's not a scab lineup. Uh, <laughs> so, it's 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 not a scab lineup. It's um it's everybody who was on uh the Kadif Choir and uh the second record we did. So, okay. Siren. So, those two records same lineup. Um and yeah, I mean, we've we about 9 years ago, it was the same deal. We did like a 10-year anniversary thing for Kadif Choir uh which was a lot of fun and ended up writing some songs and stuff during that time that just never materialized, never saw a light of day or anything. And uh, so all the same dudes from that and uh, we're just uh, rehearsing a lot and uh, and ready, re- getting ready for this. So hopefully <laughs> be putting out some of these songs too. Yeah, I was, uh, was going to ask you like, what the plan is uh, for, for the material that either was unreleased back then or the stuff that you kind of figured out in the meantime in the dreary practice space that you guys have been posting um dude, dude we, we have to address that uh, <laughs> that practice space is uh is it a snuff is, film location do they do snuff it, films there or something because it looks like it sometimes they might um <laughs> they might um yeah we uh it's funny like that place has been around forever and uh it's kind of like in the center of where we all live so it's it's pretty close to all of us and it made the most sense and uh it's just random like that was where we started like 20 some years ago oh, yeah. and uh and so it's it's interesting going back like 20 years later and being like wow all right we're <laughs> still in this building <laughs> we've, great we've, we've arrived yeah here we are um, um but it, it works that's cool, <laughs> so man. that's cool uh i definitely want to get into kind of like just old old band stuff with you guys uh just because i was a big fan back in the day uh but i kind of want to make sure i kind of want to make sure we we get everything going that you have currently light of day before we lose all the listeners so uh with the new material coming out do you guys have any kind of like 
and again, this doesn't come out for a couple of weeks, so I don't know if you have anything in coming in announcements or if you want to wait until after the Furnace Fest or whatnot, but do you guys have an idea of like when this material may see the light of day? Roughly. I mean, so we had, we had hoped um, to at least get two songs completed and recorded and pressed for a 7-inch for Furnace Fest. Uh, I don't I don't foresee that happening just based on wait times for vinyl and we still need to like i mean the one song isn't even recorded uh it's demoed but it's not recorded and the other one like i need to go redo the vocals because they're from like 10 years ago um so we're hoping i don't know fall winter maybe if not like we're also hoping maybe we just release it for stream leading up to furnace fest uh we're talking to to some folks who who might help us with that so it's all kind of up in the air uh, but maybe, hopefully by hopefully by Furnace Fest we'll have something out. Yeah. Uh, and there's also talks of the one demo we basically released in 2014, uh, just releasing that for streaming. So there, there's a few things up in the air right now, but um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And uh, refresh my memory. I know you guys did something with Trusco. Was it the Cade of Choir 20 year? Yeah. I mean, we didn't have too much to do with that. <clears throat> Truthfully, like Josh. That, like he he finally got back the catalog of all yeah. the trust kill yeah. bands and so I think he partnered with I, I think and this is I don't know but I think he partnered with Revolver and they basically released yeah. a bunch of um, I forget what the series is called but excuse me the model looks dope um, and uh, yeah he released that a, I don't know, a month a couple months ago something yeah, like that yeah I saw that I didn't know if um, I didn't know if you know that was not that, I mean not that you guys had anything to do with it or anything like that, but I didn't know if that was the only thing that you guys have done in the recent uh, past about maybe like some kind of like anniversary or like re-release type situation. But I wasn't sure if there was another one in that because I know like Lividity also, but that came out like a couple years later. So I don't know when that would have been, maybe like a 10 year, but. Yeah, I don't know when that came out. I think it was 09 or 010 or 2010, 09 or 2010. I don't know. Um, I was thinking of seven, geez. I wasn't really around. (laughs) You're right. You're right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But um, yeah. Cool. Well, um, let's get let's get into some it dies today stuff. Sure. Cool. I have a lot of questions. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, let's do it, man. You guys were a band before I uh, before I started working with Lamb Goat that I had no idea what the hell happened to you guys for a long, long time, Uh, and it could be because you know I moonlight I moonlighted in and out of the scene in the 2010s to 2015 but uh you know i was in and out doing other things and focusing elsewhere but i know when you guys came on the scene man uh, you guys quickly became one of my favorite like metalcore bands uh and it could have been just because of the imagery of your um videos and obviously like the fashion core thing was in the full swing around that time the swooped hair the it was great marketing the, right yeah like, the buttoned up shirts like the, yeah, the, heavy, the heavily photoshopped band photos, all these things were just kicking, uh, you know, kicking in tins. But um, hey, what's up? It's Lurk. Looks like you're enjoying the podcast. If you are and you like what we're doing here on the Van Flip, why don't you go ahead and pause this and give us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to. If you want to find out any information on your favorite bands from the hardcore and metal scene, visit lambgoat.com. And to stay in the loop about everything that we post on lambgoat.com, make sure you like us on Facebook and you head over to Twitter and Instagram and follow us at lambgoat. Are you a full-grown adult and you also have a TikTok account? Congrats! 
Follow us on TikTok as well. You can find us under the username lambgoat.com. That's spelled out D-O-T-C-O-M. Head over to our YouTube channel where we have all of these podcasts in video format plus a lot more content that you should check out. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and you hit that notification bell so you're always alerted when we upload new content. And last but not least, if you want to follow me, Lurk, the host of the show, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LurkCity. And as always, if you need any of the links that pertain to the artists on the show today, Lamgoat or myself, you can always find them in the description. Thanks for listening to this message. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, what do you think, like, what do you think led to the success of the band early, early on? Uh, honestly, just working. <laughs> like, like we started the band in 2001. Um, and basically, like, Chris, our guitar player, uh, Maruso, who's our drummer, and me were in this, like, really, I mean, for, f- like, 15 and 16-year-olds, it was probably pretty cool. Uh, but we just loved Hatebreed. I was going to say, like, are, you, are you doing, like, a Metallica cover band? Because that's usually no, what all no. the 14-year-olds are doing in that time. <laughs> We, I, I played some Pantera covers with some other guys from high school prior to that, but uh, no, it was like it, it. Basically, we just really liked Hatebreed and Buried Alive, and like all the like a lot of those. There you go, man. I still love Hatebreed. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, so we started like a band. I think it was like our, my sophomore year of high school, and that fizzled out. Like the one dude went away to college, and so we. Um, it's funny like you posted that i think you guys posted that flyer from health fest 01 yeah yeah. and that was like i'd say that was that was the first festival we had ever gone to so chris myself and then one of our other buddies went to that and then saw i mean that's probably one of the most insane lineups yeah uh, (laughs) at the time not so much but looking back like with with what we know now it's crazy yeah one second Basically, like every, no, you're good. Basically, like everyone from any record label that was doing anything in the scene. Yeah, I mean, it, it was insane. And so, like, we we went to that and came home, and we're like, okay, we need, we know what we, <laughs> we know what we need to do now. And uh, and basically, like, just we started at Dice today. We grabbed like, message boards were real big back then. And there was oh, a you Buffalo. don't say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm dating myself, obviously, but uh, <laughs> like there was a Buffalo Shows message board, and uh, like reached out to a couple of people on there, and like started the band in like my living room, and uh, and then moved to our shitty uh, <laughs> practice space in Cheektowaga, New York, not too long after that. But um, so we we quickly recorded a demo, um, and like I'd say probably two three months after the band started, we just started doing weekends and doing DIY weekends and stuff like that. We kind of changed members a little bit. Russo came back to the band um, pretty early on, and then it was just kind of like gung-ho from there. And basically, like every single weekend, uh, every single high school break, like spring break, winter break, we were either booking tours or doing weekends. Um, Our first like full-on tour, I think, was like 2002. And actually, that was like the first, my first introduction with to like Alex and like Lamb Goat and all that. Yeah. And I just was like, "Hey, dude, we've got all these dates booked <laughs> uh, with Barrier Dead, who was like brand right, new right, band right. at the time." And uh, so that was like our first tour, uh, where like that was relatively extensive. I think it was like two weeks. And uh, as like a, I don't even know how old I was, sixteen or seventeen. Uh, that was that was one of the most insane things I've ever been a part of. Yeah. 
Uh, How just long of a tour the, was that? I think it was like two weeks. Okay. Um, it started in like started in Charlotte. I remember we did like a straight drive <laughs> down to Charlotte in the middle of summer uh, in a van I bought for two hundred bucks. Uh, Surprise! You got there. Surprise! Um, you got there. We didn't get home in it. Uh, <laughs> we got to Charlotte. I, I think we got to we got up to like Long Island. So we played a couple of shows. Our bass player at the time, like we went to pick him up, and his parents were just like, "You're not driving in that. Like you're not going with them if you're driving." So he was following us in like a Chevy Trailblazer or something. Oh wow! And uh, yeah. Anyway, so it, it, the the lineup of Barrier Dead at that time that was like their original lineup after they got rid of like the second they had two singers for the mm-hmm, demo mm-hmm, i feel mm-hmm. like yeah and it was just like joe kruko and like mark uh and, and rich and, and uh slim and they were just those dudes were nuts um I, it was the most fun i've ever had but also like <laughs> the craziest stuff i've ever seen on tour some of it yeah I don't um bet. yeah but um it was like two weeks long i, I feel like and uh it was it was all right i mean for you know DIY like yeah. high school kids it was it did it was okay um there was a couple of really good shows on it but uh yeah that was like the first like extensive tour we did and then again like later that winter we did uh like a tour of the south and back up to we went to Texas played with All Out War on some like DIY fest mm-hmm. which was sick cuz All Out War is awesome I want to say every like, time every time you bring up a festival from back in the day you probably don't have to state it was DIY cuz it was all it all felt DIY back then <laughs> That's you know what that's that's a good point <laughs> It's weird cuz I talk, I tried talking about I was just talking about to Scott uh, Lee from uh, New England Metal fest, yeah. yeah New England Metal and Hardcore Fest and I was like dude I I started going to festival because I, I went to like Hellfest 04 that was like you know the last Hellfest and I was there yeah. at that one and we all drove up from like Florida for it and it was like weird because like I would only go to festivals in this little world like the yeah. only thing the only festival type thing I would go to is like hardcore metal and that was it and then it's like every show back then was, was turned festival. into a festival yeah. <laughs> yeah. like let's just toss 12 bands on this bill and call it a fest yeah and or uh even multi- it, multi-day festivals that's like the first intro to that you know hardcore and, and metal were the only ones and like i would travel away from my home base like you know out of state to go to these things and like sleep in our van and it was just it was rough but then i would get you know 10 years go by 15 years go by and then like bonnaroo i, I started going like bonnaroo and stuff and i was like this is all cool and all, but like, dude, I was doing this like as a teenager in like the yeah. weirdest way. Yeah, it's uh, that's funny to think back about. But yeah, there was uh, some definitely sketchy, sketchy festivals. I'm surprised uh, it all worked. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised everything kind of worked out as well as it did for those time periods. Because like, oh yeah, you know, like I, I talked to. Speaking of another weird micro festival I went to as a youngster. I had Between the Buried and Me on at one point a couple years ago, and I brought up this, like, really obscure festival that I would saw them at. They were, like, one of the headliners. And this was, like, Silent Circus time, but it was, like, Bunny Fest is what it was called, and it was... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Were you guys there? (laughs) We might have been, I think, actually, you were there. But anyway... That's a great segue. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But this was, like, on a wharf. It was, like, on a wharf somewhere, like... And we literally just showed up. I think Six Feet Under was supposed to play. They show up and they're like, "Yeah, we're not playing." <laughs> but Sparns, it was crazy. It was crazy. I don't doubt 
we were on that. Um, it was like Savannah, Georgia, or some weird Georgia. It's possible. Like the first real full tour we did was with with those guys, uh, BT Bam, uh, Alexis on Fire, mm. and Taken. Cool. And that was the first. That was like that. When you say like, all right, like how did how did things start to kind of shift? That tour was it, like for sure. That started in like Massachusetts somewhere and like made its way across the country. It was the first time we went to the West Coast, uh, and it was just bananas. Like the the reaction, like it was a it was a solid tour, and all the guys were amazing on that tour. Um, but the shows were sick. Sold a ton of merch. Mm-hmm. Like we we're like, okay, this is a little different. Like this is not this is not what we're used to, and that. Like after that, we had done something stupid. Like that summer, I think I booked us like I don't know, a hundred dates or something like that. Yeah. Like we were, it, most of which were canceled. <laughs> uh, so, so we didn't we didn't end up doing it. But like we went from touring with Undying and a couple other bands that are going to escape me right now, uh, and that Undying tour unfortunately fell through. That was like one of my favorite bands. Yeah, I was going to say that's uh, a good band. Dude, love that band. Um, and then like another North Carolina band with BT Bam after that, but um, yeah, that, that that summer was nuts. Um, just a stupid amount of dates, and like I said, a lot of them got canceled. But like we ended up doing a lot of traveling anyway because we would just show up and nobody would be there. <laughs> um, <laughs> the good old so, days, huh? The good old days. Yeah, man. Uh, the one show, I think it was like Detroit. We showed up. The promoter didn't couldn't get a hold of them. Uh, and just there was like 50 kids just like waiting and they're like, the one guy was like oh screw it like follow me back to my house and we'll just play on my deck so we ended up doing that which was pretty sweet yeah I think and that's like, like in our little in our little world that seems to happen a lot yeah that was yeah. fine it worked uh, there was like 50 kids moshing in his backyard and like <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm actually just picturing like the, the and this I probably shouldn't be because it's like an insane visual but like the chariot playing that little place the, in australia like, and then they go to yeah, the yeah. house and then they tear that guy's house up or some shit but yeah it wasn't that intense <laughs> i will say that it was cool it was really cool and i don't but, say uh, that because like eight dice today's music isn't on the same par as you know the chariot because it's all it's definitely as good as or heavy as but you know there's something about the chariot just being like they don't care insane. about yeah they yeah. don't care about their personal yeah. safety or well-being no, they're insane yeah <laughs> I, lo- I love those guys so it's uh no that that uh, australian show is that, that video is worth a watch for yeah, sure if you haven't seen it which i'm yeah. sure you're old and 40 years old like me and nick here or around that age so you've probably seen it on the internet when it first happened um so yeah i want to go kind of back into like the success the early success of the band because it kind of sounds like you guys weren't a band for super duper long before you guys kind of started making some waves whether it's locally and then of course you guys got picked up by uh Truskill, and then like in 2004 you released you know the caitiff choir which uh, is a seminal album for you guys. I would, I would think you would agree that that's probably a, a big namesake for you guys. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. mean, we're, we're able to do kind of the, the, the fun stuff we're doing later in life based on that. So it's, um, you know, definitely changed a lot for us. So is it weird? Excuse me. Is it weird that something that you did as like a late teen, early 20 year old is like taken <laughs> so seriously by now 40 year old, 50 year old people and they like, they just, they hold it so dear to their life and to their being. I will say this: I'm 
extremely appreciative of anybody who does feel that way. For me, it's weird because it's like I wrote that stuff when I was probably like 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, what, like, what was I doing? Yeah, um, you, you don't have a lip ring. Like, you don't have a lip ring now. You know, no, you had one then. No. So. <laughs> Thesaurus.com uh, was was my jam back then, and like just you know, obviously liked big words, and uh, it was just like uh, I don't know. I think all of us are like super appreciative, love that uh, we like look back on it fondly, but like there's definitely things about it that were like, oh, I'm sure, you know what I mean. It's kind of cringy um, to an extent, but <laughs> what what are some? Um, what are, I have to ask, what are some of the things yeah. that make you guys cringe? Um, for me, uh, for me personally, like. Just the vocals in general and a lot of the lyrics. Really? Um, like, I didn't know how to sing. I really didn't know how to record and and like at a studio or like, uh, you know what I mean? Like any any recording experience I had up till that point was just like, all right, hey, let's go do, uh, let's just go track it and be done with it. Um, so I just think like I I don't know. I, I probably could have, and just like a lot of the lyrics, I look back and I'm like. I wish I could have that <laughs> one back. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I understand the yeah. lyrical content part, yeah. but I want to probably say, like, as a a fan of the band then and now, the vocals aren't aren't off. So I wouldn't necessarily worry about the vocals in that. You know, I mean, I appreciate that. You as it's your voice, so I understand why you're nitpicking it. But like, I never, it never even. I was like, yeah. it could be better. You know, it was never like that. <laughs> it was never like yeah, that. Yeah, it's you know, it's just it's probably like a personal thing. But like, in general, like we. I don't know. I don't know what else I would say is like kind of cringy. Maybe some of the riffs. Like we definitely rushed through some of those songs, and uh, like there's there's ones that we just won't play. Uh, and it's it's kind of like a group decision. Like we just there's certain songs on that album we're just like that's just not, not very good. Uh, so so like when we did that ten year thing, I think there was like one. I think it was like one or two songs we we're like we're just we'll play something else. So. But ultimately, yeah, it's, you know, it's something we're proud of. It was like our first real album. And, um, you know, leading up to that was was pretty wild. Like, we had a pretty bit, we like changed our members, like leading up to that. And um, we had a show in like Syracuse where we were playing with Unearth. We were opening for them, which was awesome. And like somebody had a scheduling conflict. So, like, Mike Cadillac, who plays guitar now, um, came and like filled in and we had he'd been recording us like our demos and doing stuff and we'd been like asking him for probably like two years or so to join the band and he's oh, good i don't <laughs> want to and um came played that on our show he's like this is pretty cool uh <laughs> i might I've been be trying into to tell it. you so, we've been trying to tell you man yeah yeah so so we ended up getting him in the band and shifted some members around and stuff and then uh did a demo with him of like it was three songs and it was like Marigold um uh, Depravity and uh Severed Ties so we did those three as like a demo just to try and maybe shop around or just give to people um and we ended up getting like pretty decent interest in it so and actually I got a backtrack <laughs> so Victory was because it's kind of a funny story so anyway uh victory at our show in like tampa i think on the bt bam show they had like an a and r guy show up and was just like yeah tony tony likes band we might be interested and this that and the other and it just never nothing came of it right 
And then a year and a half later, as we're like signing the contracts with Trustkill, <laughs> Tony emails my personal email address. No idea how he got it. And uh, he's like, hey, I'm interested in signing you guys now. And I was like, hey, I literally just signed a contract with Trustkill. Mm. And uh, <laughs> his response back was in like 87 font. Ha 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 ha! And it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. So shout out to Tony. Uh, so was he victory. was he supportive of that move or not supportive? That was, that, that was the end of the conversation. That was it. But um, so anyway, so we. Um, That's wild that the you know, and I'm I don't I have no ill will to either person Tony or Josh because I've talked I've talked to Josh quite a bit. So when I hear. Uh, you know, past stories about him and whatnot, and I've talked to him about some of those things. Like, yeah. you know, it is what it is. I don't have a stake in that game, and I've only known... I know Josh at face value, so it is what it is, and he's never been a bad dude to me. He's been helpful and whatever, but anyway, uh, it's always weird finding out just stuff about like early record label stuff in the scene just because, you know, like at the time, Tony or Josh or anybody, Carl or, you know, any other Brian from Metal Blade they were like smaller independent labels that really did grow into like something. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, and to be honest with you, like victory, we wouldn't have been a band without, without victory. And like, I don't know, Tony, I don't know Tony. I just, I know him based on the one email <laughs> and I thought it was the funniest thing ever. Um, but like, dude, like all those victory, early victory band, not early, but all those victory bands in like the early two thousands, late nineties, um, oh, yeah. like, that was the gateway drug into into hardcore and like you, you picked up one of those records and you got into everything um and then you're buying the merch and you're going to the shows and i don't know but um back to the I'm all over the place but like Go for it. so we do this demo um our we had like an attorney i don't know how that worked out i think it was through hadalac um we had like an entertainment attorney and he was he was like pretty close with the metal blade guys and as I lay dying, had we had done some touring with them, and they just got signed with Metal Blade, and they were like, you know, hyping us a little bit. And our attorney basically gave them the demo. Um, we met. They came out for like a showcase in Buffalo, um, because actually the one guy, Mike Faley, uh, he's from Buffalo, and it went really well. Uh, they made us an offer. Then Century Media made us an offer. Uh, and then Matt Don, who did all the Syracuse shows um, and kind of like did some work with Truskill and stuff too, he finally like passed our demo off to Josh. And uh, then Josh came at us with an offer. And at the time, it was like, all right, well, this is a no brainer. Like every every huge band right now is is signing to Truskill, like we should too, kind of deal. So, yeah. um, you know, it worked out. It afforded a lot of opportunities for us, and it was cool. So. So is that why you guys chose Trustkill out, out outside of all those bands? I mean, because I'm looking back, you know, we've had 20 years go between now and then, yeah. and like, you know, you're you're talking like people are going to be like, you turned down Metal Blade and Century Media, you idiot. You know what I'm saying? But like, even then at the time they weren't as big as they are now. But what was like the? Because obviously Tony was a little late at, in the game, so he, that, <laughs> that wasn't on the table. But you know, uh, what what was the what was really the the force that made you go with Trustkill? Was it because he was kind of closer to you guys in in like location, um, or you know, did he just woo you the best? I think 
I wouldn't say that because like even after the fact like we were pretty close with uh with Mike for Metal Blade because you know uh he would be we'd see him at shows and different things like that Uh, and at that time Metal Blade was signing like a ton of like metalcore bands so it was like it was in you know I'm not saying anything disparaging against Uh, some of them didn't work out some of them didn't work out we know yeah exactly so like I just thought uh and I think we thought like the trust kills kind of approach their style um and a lot of different things about that we liked Mm -hmm. um and i think them kind of having more of a um a background like we we grew up listening to a lot of those bands too you know what i mean and i think that carried a lot of weight like the the fact that there were like some seminal hardcore releases on truskill that we still to this day listen to i think carried a lot of weight so um so I think that was part of it, you know what I mean? And I thought, like, the roster of Trustkill was smaller. Yeah, I was going to say. And, and, like, Century Media is this global, huge label. Yeah, we get more uh, attention, f- more I more figured we would have gotten lost in the shuffle, probably. And then Metal Blade, I, I honestly, I, I don't. It was really between those two, I would say. But um, I just, uh, I think we were all kind of just, like, they put out some really great bands. I think we'd love to be a part of it kind of deal, so. Yeah, and honestly, I think it, the timing of the not Kato. to say that metal blade again not disparaging and metal blade no, no, no. has some of my favorite albums of all time of so course. just and saying it's just a different you know different look, vibe nick we're all big goo goo dolls fans okay <laughs> we understand but there are different oh. yeah i mean those those early goo goo dolls records no, let me i know tell you. hey you need you for, you can't you have yeah. to have iris to have like all the other bands right you have Bro. to have iris to have all the other bands you got to have nickelback to have all the other bands. on anything and i'm in like this, it sounds like the replacements, which is one of my favorite bands ever. So like, <laughs> you give me that all day long. So, I'm not hating, you know. What I mean, the, man, <laughs> the man's got, uh, you know, what is it? Who is it? John Bon Jovi? That's not it. Goo Dolls, yeah, the Goo Dolls. They're making money. So, and they're making, yeah, you know, and they made Metal Blade a lot of money to reinvest into other worse bands than you know Goo Goo Dolls. So it's, it's yeah. it all pays for itself at some point. But I go. think I think the timing of you guys joining Trustkill and just that that wave at that time early early 2000s i think you guys going with Trustkill probably gave you a lot more credibility than it would have going with the other out uh the other outlets not that those outlets were subpar but like there was something to be said about like ferret and Trustkill really like having a stranglehold on those like early 2000 years when it came to like hardcore metal metalcore bands it felt like any band that they put out that automatically had like a this stamp of approval for the most you know most people in the scene to to like that music and stuff like that and i'm sure like you know yeah people wouldn't like 18 visions because this reason or brothers keeper for this reason or you know fucking nora for this reason or whatever but like those lineups on both of those levels those rosters on both those levels uh um, labels like you said they were small enough so you could have like more time with the label directly if you needed that uh you don't get lost in the shuffle as much and really at that time there wasn't like and i'm sure i'm probably hurting people's feelings that are on that label at that time (laughs) but there wasn't like a giant band right there wasn't like the one big band at that particular point there were some bands that were really bubbling up and like you know, metalcore started to like really do some stuff because around this time frame, you have Hellfest kind of like coming to an end, but then you had like Ozfest taking on uh, a lot of like hardcore and metal 
acts on the second stage and then you had taste of chaos and warp tour and everything so i think it was like a great moment in time and a great choice on you guys's part to choose trust kill i think you rode that wave really well well thanks <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it, like i said dude it, it it um it afforded us a lot of really cool opportunities and uh and to your point like yeah we if we wanted to talk to Josh or one of the other guys that, that worked at the label there, we, we knew where to go. You know what I mean? It was, it, it just felt a little different than, than some of the other stuff that was out there. And, um, you know, that was right around the time too, to your point, like all those, all the bands from the OC, like Throwdown, Bleeding Through, yeah. uh, 18 Visions, all those bands were, were, were getting better, bigger. Um, and, uh, you know, we looked up to those guys a lot and it was cool. Uh, so yeah. Um, where does the decline of the band start to start to happen? Because obviously you guys uh, have there's rough patches, and now you guys are coming back out, and it's a big new, you know, positive story. But there's there's some downtime in between that, or in between now and then. So I just kind of want to go over that. Yeah, yeah. So I would say we did our our second album after like. I think like two years of touring on Cadiff Choir, I want to say, um, and basically just like locked ourselves in a studio for a couple months and, and wrote that, and then um, went out to Vancouver, recorded that with uh, Garth Richardson, uh, which was incredible. Uh, he's one of the nicest dudes on the planet, and I don't know, loves hockey and the Sabers and the Canucks were playing each other in the playoffs at that time, mm. so. Um, sometimes maybe the, those vocal sessions weren't exactly like productive because it was mostly <laughs> just watching hockey but um so we did that um and then the first like real tour after that i would say is like i was kind of just not into it anymore um and it was just it was a lot of touring and i wasn't super stoked about metalcore <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, like yeah, no, i get it dude like I just, like, and, and nothing against, nothing against metalcore or anybody here who enjoys it. It's just it, it, it's not my cup of tea, right? And like I just, it was hard to get like pumped about playing it every night, and uh, I just I didn't really want to be a part of it anymore. And there was like I was writing other music, and I wanted to kind of focus on that. Um, yeah, because you did so some I, solo stuff, you know, after you left the band and whatnot. So yeah, I. I basically I started a, a a band like coming out of that with a bunch of my friends from Buffalo and it we didn't do anything. Uh, we recorded a couple of things and it didn't really go anywhere. Like we had some weird, not weird, but like interesting label interest. I, I would say like just kind of like hey, we want to talk and like maybe we'll put out your album and it just it didn't work out. Um, and, and needless to say, so. Like I kind of wanted to do my own thing. They got Jason, um, mm -hmm. who's on Lividity, mm -hmm. to do vocals, uh, and we knew him through touring with uh, Still Remains and stuff. So he had been playing bass for them and filling in with them, and he's got a great voice. Um, and so, like, it was kind of like an obvious choice. And he was play playing in a band in uh, Grand Rapids, I think, called the the Orphan. And uh, so they moved on, and that was cool. And everybody was good. Like, I think after like a month or two of like us going our separate ways, like everybody was cool with it and uh, supportive of each other. So, uh, so I like, I'll tell you this, like, like the history of the band at that point, like, I, I don't know no what clue. happened after yeah, I that. Yeah, I wouldn't assume you do. 
yeah i was doing my own thing and they were doing their own thing and like i know they went to like australia and europe and stuff like that um which is pretty sick how much longer but, did they really have a i mean how, how much longer was their run after you left the band i mean i know they did after after you leaving a year or two goes by they put lividity out and then I don't necessarily remember hearing a lot about them after that particular point because that's the last album that they that the band put out. Yeah, I don't I don't know really how much touring they did behind it. Um, and I think you know, I, again, I, I I don't I'm probably the wrong guy to ask what happened yeah, during no, that, I get that that point. Yeah, so I would just I would say things probably slowed down, and I, I don't know, um, but I know I think. I think people started having kids around that part. Yeah, that point sounds in time about too. right. Like married, yeah, I, 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 right. like truthfully, I think I think people started having families and stuff, and like life started behind. happening. You had to get a real yeah. job, all this other yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that was that, and then we got together like 2012, 2011. Did like a benefit um, to, for our friend uh, Tony Lorenzo. So he he was in an incident and was shot. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was paralyzed, which was awful, and rest in peace. But uh, we did a benefit for him, uh, and then there was like nothing for another couple of years. And then we did like the ten-year anniversary thing. Yeah, so it, it was a long, but, slow crawl for that metalcore snake to come up and bite you. I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's it's been quiet, and like the last nine years, it was a thing of like we started to write, we started to do some stuff, we started to gain some momentum, I guess, and. It just, I don't think anybody was into or in a place to be focusing on it dies today. Yeah. Uh, if that makes sense. Like, I went back to school um, and finished my degree and, and had a ki- bunch of kids. And uh, a lot of, like, all of us have families and careers yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So it's just like, this is now we're, we're just looking at it as like, let's get in a room together and just have fun. And if, if there's opportunities to go and play, then awesome. Like that's yeah. crazy that we're lucky enough to be able to do that. So yeah, it's, it is um, kind of cool to think back that something that, like a body of work that you produced almost 20 years ago <clears throat> now allows you to kind of do similar, the same stuff, but with zero pressure now. Cause like you've aged, matured, you've kind of lived life in general and now you don't necessarily have to like stress about the record being good the song being good will people like it it's just you guys want to do it because you want to do it that and we yeah exactly we can do whatever the hell we want you know what i mean it's like we don't have to like hey this song needs to be this formula or it needs to be this style or like if we want to i don't know put out just an old school hardcore song <laughs> like if we wanted to do that we can do that you yeah. know what i mean like so it's um it's nice to have that kind of like that freedom and uh and not really have any any pressure on us to do anything so uh yeah it's cool i want to talk about you losing your love for metalcore and maybe what happened when it started that maybe maybe because i feel like i i also went through the same pangs around the same time <clears throat> and part of me i think um I think I grew out of metalcore, and I and I think at the time I was super into metalcore, not so much metal or hardcore for that matter, but it was all in the same realm. <clears throat> so you know, going to shows, I would see both those band, both types of those bands, but I was really drawn to metalcore, right? And I wanted to ask you because you guys 
may have been a part of that unknowingly like you guys your sound was very um palatable by a lot of people even outside of the scene right uh you guys are shooting videos they're on mtv mtv2 you know you're on you know like historical music television channels and stuff like that your videos being played and whatnot but then also <clears throat> this music starting to find its way into like hot topic and all these other like little areas and more of the common world starts to find this music and then i also feel like people start writing the music to maybe i don't know be on tv more whether it's like on a show in a background on the show or maybe a music video or you know maybe getting into hot topic or whatnot and i feel yeah. like a lot of that whether and again i'm not shitting on the fashion core thing because my band is a guilty of it too but i think that whole movement was cool but also really not it was detrimental a little dude bit. it jumped it jumped the shark real quick yeah. like <laughs> it's just... faster than new metal almost you know what i mean like really yeah. quick <clears throat> so like i don't know i like i i come from a place of like i was always into like punk i was into hardcore i was into metallic hardcore and uh and metal um and like i don't know i just uh I started listening to more uh, just different music and just kind of lost like I don't know when you're when you're doing the same thing you, you find yourself kind of like saying the same thing every single night to this to the crowd and like there's there's not really like there's no passion behind it you know it's more just like this is the thing that I say at this part because that's you know it's it's like metal by numbers kind of deal yeah mm -hmm. um the commercial commercial commercialization of it I don't know. It is what it is. It's going to happen. Whatever kind of music, you know what I mean. It's, but it's. Um, I just. I don't know. I just. I didn't want to do it anymore. Like okay. I, I, I. There's. I still. Like to this day, I still listen to you know, hardcore bands and and punk and stuff like that. And I just never like. And I'll it listen to like a lot all the bands that kind of like inspired a lot of like the earlier <clears throat> metalcore bands you know what i mean like all right, the right, right. you know gothenburg bands uh stuff like that but it's just to me it just i just wasn't into it you know what i mean and i did like uh, it, it came to a point of like you're spending 250 days a year doing something that you're not into so <laughs> like go <Yeah>. home <laughs> figure stuff out and and go on from there so yeah. and again it's not to say like i hate metalcore or anything like that it's just I don't know. I like uh, more into kind of like the metallic hardcore thing. And I, oh, I think those two things are very different. Oh, they, you know are, I mean? they are. They are. They are. And, you know, yeah. we've come now to where like everything's kind of just like whirlpooled together to make yeah. some weird And I'm sound. also not trying to be the guy to be like, oh, let's shit on metalcore because it's easy to do. Of you course. Yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For it's, sure. Like to your point, like metalcore has become what new metal was like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's people really you know look down on it to an extent and like that's not my point it's just like at that point in time in like 2006 i was just like yeah i don't want to do this anymore yeah so. and again that was uh <laughs> that, that might have been like the, the start of the decline like that might have been the decline of the peak right so like it was it was wildly popular then bro some of those bands that came out and like I'm not, I'm not going to name any bands, but like some of these bands, it was just like it was like a factory of bands <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. that came and out. Again, that's why it, that's why I brought up the MTV thing because yeah, yeah. there was and like it, a weird vibe to where like yeah they're they're metal they're metalcore, but they're also are, yeah, not they're adjacent. Metalcore. Yeah, they're adjacent. Like a, a lot of that stuff, I'm like, how the hell is this the same? 
it's it's obviously not coming from the same place you know what i mean like yeah. i don't know it's but yeah late 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 aughts into 2010s man mm-hmm. weird time yeah uh, i agree yeah. and that might have been so, why i kind of like moved on a little bit to other, yeah. other genres and other things but <clears throat> i i will say that going back and revisiting i mean i revisit a lot of my older stuff that i listened to back then uh, you know you guys and all the trust kill ferret bands and you know, Victory and, and Rev HQ bands and stuff like that. But now I find myself, like you were just saying, listening to like the people who inspired those bands way more than those than those bands in that pocket. But I also started listening to like way more hardcore than I used to. And I've, I'm more into, you know, that. Um, it just, I don't know, man. It was a weird, weird time for like a do-it-yourself type scene to be like cash grabbing. <laughs> just <was> yeah. weird. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting time, but I don't know. Now you see like like there are so many new like dope hardcore bands and um, like punk bands and stuff like that that are like the cool thing to me now is like the stuff that's getting big doesn't suck. Like no, yeah, it's yeah. getting bi- it's getting big because those dudes are just like we're gonna keep doubling down on you know doing whatever the hell we want and. Yeah. I think that that's the biggest difference is like I don't know like our second records mostly singing and stuff like that that was a conscious decision it wasn't because like you know we wanted to be or it's I, let me set this straight Josh from Trustkill literally has had no say in anything we've ever written uh, and I know the dude like I remember the the comments back in the day were always just like. <laughs> They sounded trust kill and now they're singing. It's like, dude, go back to our demo. We were we were singing on that. I mean, you were like, singing on we, some of the better songs. I mean, the, some of yeah, the big songs on your previous album. We're 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 doing it a little better now. <laughs> I, I might have figured it out a little bit, at least in the studio, right? Uh, so, but like the only thing he ever, the only feedback we got from him was, I remember handing in sirens. He's like, dude, you need more breakdowns. I was like, okay, or it needs to be heavier or something like that. I was like, well, I like this, so this is this is it. So. But um, I don't know where I was going with that. I got I lost track. But, Josh has uh, no input. Yeah. So like I, I just think I think now it's cool to see bands like not that we felt pressured to like we just want to do something different than what we were doing. But I mean like, I feel like I, I not to say that you were pressured, and I definitely don't want to think that you were, pre- and I definitely don't want you to say that you were pressured by Josh or anything like that. But I think there was a pressure from like the overall just. An, un- an unknowing pressure from like everyone in the scene and every band. Like you definitely. I don't know. Looking back on it, it was like a weird time because, like, you don't know you're in the swing of this like big movement, but you do feel like the pressure of like your local scene of like you read things on the internet and like you know you see bands doing this out of the other stuff and you you see bands putting out material and they're getting signed and you see these bands putting out this material and not getting signed or doing whatever and so there is like some kind of weird pressure maybe not from the label or you know personal pressure in your head but I think there is and I think you guys had such a great first record that there was going to be pressure anyway to follow that up. I, th- I think the pressure, like, we, we put it on ourselves for sure. Yeah. It was more so, like, let's not do that again. Like, let's let's think about this differently and try some new stuff out. And, you know, in our heads, what we wanted to achieve with it was way different than what came out in execution, I think. Um, and, like, I still, like, I still like that second record, but... Um, like in my head it's like if we had maybe like what if we had doubled down and just said 
screw it. Let's be the most brutal version of ourselves that we can and still mix in some melody or whatever. All right, cool. Maybe that would have worked better. I don't, at this point, like this is what it is. I don't, I don't have any regrets. So it's, mm. but I think the point I'm trying to make is just like, now you do see bands who are just like, okay, that was super heavy. That, that was popular. And now we're going to get heavier and people are going to eat it up. And it's, it's really fun to watch. So, yeah, I think one of the cool things about the difference <clears throat> in the, uh, in the environment that we are in is back then <clears throat> there wasn't the prevalent like use of social media although we did have like myspace which was huge for our little movement you know um but i think now it's really like you don't necessarily need like a label to push you or you know you if you, as long as you have like a basic decent team around you and a fan base who's rabid which doesn't take much to find in like the world of hardcore especially these days on twitter or tiktok or instagram like <clears throat> i'm sure you've seen mosh content oh yeah has been has just become like crazy you know the, the the invisible ninja fighters and walls of death and just all sorts of like typical mosh content that we've seen throughout the last decades of our life is like now new to like a vast majority of those people that are on these apps and they're finding bands that are causing these mosh pits and they're finding that music for the first time those bands could be the small band playing denny's or a laundromat or on a street a dude overnight yeah and then next thing yeah. you know they don't need a record label and they don't need all that yeah. so it's really it's really cool but they're also biting all these new sounds and old sounds like new metal is definitely live and and well and hardcore and people can hate that all they want but it's fucking there and just like bands you know a lot of bands from our time grew up listening to Slipknot and that it permeated some of the music at some point and now bands are listening to like your band but also Slipknot Limp Bizkit you know other new hardcore bands and they're all mixing and melding that together now so it's it's kind of crazy how heavy music is just really uh, blossomed yeah for sure uh, you, just you talking about moshing and uh, uh, you know going viral uh, just Twitter discourse, excuse me, discourse about moshing is one of the funniest things. Where do on you the stand? Where me. do you stand on it? Do whatever. I don't give it. I don't care. Like I, there was a point in time where like I got because the the audience started to change a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so there would be yeah. you know more younger kids and stuff like that up in the front row. So the the audience changed and then. You know when the crowd killing started and it was just like defenseless like teenage kids and stuff like that i was like all right this is kind of it's kind of lame this isn't as cool as it used to be but you know i I think if we're all adults go do whatever you got when when did the crowd killing start happening around in your area is that something you guys just had to deal with in the beginning or is that something that progressed to something i mean honestly it never it wasn't really a big thing in Buffalo, I would say. Um, but like when we first started going around like the East Coast, um, so like Massachusetts, definitely, uh, yeah, Mass, Albany, uh, it's like anytime New York, anytime Long like... Island, like any anything on the East Coast. That's when I first really started to see like just dudes just not giving a shit and and yeah. <laughs> seriously hurting people um which i'm laughing about but um yeah like i it, our first long island show a dude picked up it was at some weird club that had like a sahara theme or something like that 
and this dude just picked up this giant palm tree in the thing and just started smashing people with it. That was pretty. That was pretty wild. I just don't understand the point behind that. I mean, I get it. I mean, the the shock and awe value, and I, you know, like, I, he's got he's got stories though, right? You know what I mean? Like he's gonna tell that story for the rest of his life. That's so cool. So I'm glad he's got that. <laughs> but you know, yeah. like there's like this weird, this weird thing where like there used to be, and I'm sorry if I've said this a million times on this podcast already, but I remember there used to be like the times when those bands from the New England area uh, would come down. You know, a lot of them were signed to Eulogy, and they would play like with Evergreen Terrace, who was also signed to Eulogy, and they're from here. It's like On Broken Wings and Shattered Realm and Bury Your Dead and all these other bands. Like, I liked all those bands, right? Yeah. But then, like, their fan base would like their bros would travel down with them, and yeah, then, it, then it would be like a bunch of unknowing participants in a fucking you know massacre in the mosh pit. When we were like, "What the fuck is going on?" And so, like, <clears throat> I grew up not liking crowd killing because of it was just not in my area unless these bands come. Right. Yeah. But now it's like so prevalent. It's like I feel like it's the norm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's but so weird. It's, uh, I I don't know, man. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't <laughs> I, know. I, I hate I hate that we've entered uh yeah. you know, mosh uh discourse, which is uh, very <laughs> difficult to say, but I you know, do whatever you want as long as the show doesn't get shut down and and no one's getting seriously hurt and people are taking care of each other at the end of the day, like do whatever yeah. you got to do. If you're trying to oh. take out like your fucking personal issues on me, that's something yeah. different. Like I don't care like and I'm always the guy that's kind of around that area of the pit because that just feels yeah. like the show to me so I, I know that I'm putting myself in harm's way when I'm there so I know if I get hit that's all that's on me and I whatever but it's the targeting stuff that I don't understand the whole like yeah. that is like a different yeah. I mean that, that's that's stupid uh, but, you know if you're you're going hard and you're having fun like you're not targeting like a you know if you're not being an asshole yeah that's one thing but I don't know. I'm almost 40, so moshing isn't really in my... I'm not doing it. <laughs> no. No. I'm not doing it. And I've seen no. so many people like get hurt by moshing. I mean, I know we're talking about it now, but this morning, I think uh, there was someone who was killed in a mosh pit last night. Jesus. Or over the weekend, yeah. So, um, be careful out there. Yeah. And if you're you're old, just don't. Yeah, don't do that. Well, we'll do it at Furnace Fest. For it dies today, I want I want I want to yeah. have a good show. <laughs> do it at Furnace Fest. For it dies today, just go crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's like let's 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 get out of this mosh content. We'll get back. We'll, we'll get into <laughs> some Furnace Fest stuff. And we'll end it on that uh, because you know that's that's coming up soon. Um, what what kind of uh, what kind of uh, set list we looking we looking for forward to at um, Furnace? That is- that's a good question. Is this one? Uh, is this one that you like tease some new stuff, or are you going strictly nostalgia for the oldies? No, I think we're going to play a couple new songs. So uh, I think we're going to have around thirty to thirty-five to forty minutes to play. Cool. I believe we're playing. I, I might not be able to say this yet. I don't know where we're playing. I have a good idea. Um, because they haven't said any lineups or, or told us anything. Yeah, they've about only that said yet. the day line. Oh, they've only said who's playing yeah. which day. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Um, I think we're going to do there's like a lot of songs off Cave of Choir we're going to do uh, we're going to do I think two off of Sirens and then I th- I think the hope or the plan right now is to play two newer songs what those are I don't know yet so 
we've got three to pick from. <laughs> so it's not going to be too easy. The, or it's not going to be too difficult, best. rather. The two we know yeah. best. Yeah, so uh, we'll play a couple of new songs and see how they go. We've been playing them uh, <laughs> in our snuff film... Uh, uh, location? You know, uh, yeah, snuff film location, and uh, they sound really good so far, so um really happy with how those That's are coming good. Are they similar to material on the Kate Acquiring Sirens, or is it like a departure from your older stuff because you've grown as a... Well, you haven't grown that much because you wrote them years and years ago. Um, It's... I would say it's probably pretty similar. Like, the, the one song we have is... Yeah, I, I think they're all pretty similar. I just think we've kind of refined what we want to bring into it instead of just, you know, piecing together random parts and stuff. But um, the one we finished the other day is just it. It's just really heavy. Um, that one I'm excited about. So uh, that definitely doesn't sound like anything we've done. Uh, but it's it's I don't know I don't know how to describe it. But it, it's it's a really heavy song. It's got I think a we call it for the for the chorus so we've never done that i don't think so it's pretty cool i think we call those in the industry a banger we'll see yeah yeah we'll see if the ki- the kids are the kids you know, call it a banger. grown adults uh enjoy it so yeah well i'm very looking forward to uh seeing you guys in alabama um i'm i tr- i'm trying and i've been trying to think back on if i've if i ever got to catch you guys live back in the day and i'm not 100% sure that I can say with certainty that I did. I don't know. But I will in September of this year. So Well, there you go. You'll be there. It'll be all worth it, and the wait will be worth it. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, Nick, I appreciate it. I appreciate the time. Uh, I know you're a busy man these days with family and, you know, trying to get your band back together and on the <laughs> road, on the road, not back together, but, you know, trying to get them all in line and back to, uh, or not back to, but to Furnace Fest. So, we look forward to um, yeah the the new stuff the seeing you guys in Alabama that's going to be a great time and uh, if you need anything obviously you I know you were in contact with Alex we've been in contact so you still have a direct line to the old Liam Goat headquarters there we go love it cool no, I appreciate I appreciate it man thanks for uh, for having me on I know it took a while and uh, appreciate you being flexible with my schedule and uh, yeah I'm looking forward to seeing you down uh, down in uh, Bama. Yeah, it'll be a great time. And again, yeah, no problem. Uh, obviously, it's taken some time to get this together, but hey, I hope good. it lived up to the hype, man. Yeah, you know, I, I you know, it it was it was far easier than uh, a lot of my other podcasts have been. So that's always a good. Um, you know, I don't like to have them drag or me have to like really like hold most of the conversation. You're a conversationalist guy, Nick. So it was it was easy to let you drive, you know. Now the only thing I'll say is I can't wait for the comments. Like yeah. I am living we'll, we'll for the get, comments. They'll, they'll come, dude. Don't worry, dude. Oh, I know they will. <laughs> and I feel like that. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they they will. I can't wait. So shout out Lamb Goat Message Board. Love you guys. Yeah. Oh man, I wish we would have gotten to it's that. It's not a message board anymore. It's, no, it is. Uh, it well, is the, com- we, the we comment section. We've got a message board. And comment I, section. Yeah. I really do. I I forgot that you brought the fucking message board thing up, but I remember like you know like that's such an intricate part not only of Lamgo but I think a message boards and the discussion within the comments on those early websites were such an intricate part of like this little music scene that we were a part of, and um, unfortunately that's, I think that's lost on the current oh current yeah. day. But it's just it's way different, and I remember like literally there were boards that like we were all part of that. 
you know, that's that's how we got places to stay. That's how we yeah, booked yeah, tours. Yeah. That's how we designed our merch. And uh, shout out Instrife back in the day. <laughs> Uh, Buffalo shows back in the day. Yeah, there was like but, that. The uh, B nine board, the uh, PA B9 hardcore. board. Yeah, PA hardcore was another board. Uh, Lamb Goat obviously had a board. Yeah. But I mean, like even like our lo- my local community had like a really shitty fucking like forum. You know what I mean? Yes, we would always so go. We. On, we'd go on there and talk <laughs> shit about each other, and it was a crazy time. So like, yeah, that's kind of all know, I want to talk about on the comments part. <laughs> Yeah, bring back the message boards, you know? Yeah, yeah. come on over to uh, lamgo.com slash forum and try it out. I'm sure you'll <laughs> love it. That'll that'll go very poorly. <laughs> so well, yeah, For somebody. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, Nick, thank you again for coming on. Yeah. Uh, I look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks, man. All right, brother. Thank you. Take care. Take it easy. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now.